0: On this episode of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members, I have the pleasure of interviewing David Fink. David Fink is a chartered financial analyst with Lifestyle Freedom Group, where he works with a select group of families and business owners in achieving the diverse financial goals. And I've known David for a number of years. He's also got a long tenure of service in our community on a number of nonprofits. And today, I really wanted to hone in on his time as the board chair of an all-volunteer organization when they hired their first executive director. So I uh, hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Corley. Just wanted to let you know we are now sending out a weekly, very brief newsletter, tips, tricks, pointers to nonprofit executives. That includes both board members and CEOs ex- executive directors. If you're interested in receiving this, please go to thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter, and you can sign up. Once again, that's thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter. Well, welcome to this episode of the i 501 CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. It's a treat for me to interview David Fink, partner of Lifestyle Freedom Group. David, as we jump into this, can you share with the audience a little bit about yourself and your nonprofit experience?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I've been in the Sarasota, actually Sarasota-Bradington area since 1999. And, and for for the early part of my time in the area i was a, a partner in a hedge fund so i was traveling around not really you know a, a participant in our local community um we ended up closing that down in '06, and and around oh seven, oh eight, you know i i really wanted to get involved in the community and i began you know my my nonprofit experience uh, back at that point and uh, and you know it's, it's sort of you, you you and I have known each other for a long time michael and and you know we've had lots of discussions, but uh, my wife Deb, and i don't have kids, so it, it's my way of making a difference and, and making an impact on the community so i've been involved in the nonprofit world now since uh, since about two thousand eight two thousand and
0: nine time frame all right and, and Dave, share with us a little bit what what organizations have you been associated with, and i've got a, a reason for asking because you know where we're going to go with this conversation about the all volunteer board, but you've been you've worked with a number of uh, nonprofit organizations, big and small alike. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I got involved at first. I, I Early on, you know, back around 2009, I did uh, Leadership Manatee. Um, which was a, a fantastic program, and one of the folks I've met through Leadership Manatee was on the board of the Manatee County Humane Society, and, and I've always had a an affinity for animals, um, and and I, I'm much more of a of a doer, and I want to make a difference, you know. So so I like being involved at the board level um, because I think you can have a a bigger impact. Um, I had the opportunity at that point to get involved on the board of directors of the Humane Society. And that was, a, that was an interesting experience, which we can get into uh, at some point if you, if you want to dig deeper into that. But, you know, I, I parlayed that into, as I was involved with the Humane Society, I also got involved in a number of uh, local organizations, the Manatee Chamber of Commerce, the Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance, Sarasota Chamber, um, really had an affinity with the Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance and was asked to join that board. And so so I joined that board and and was on that board and and served on just about every every, uh, position on the executive committee, uh, incoming chair, treasurer, chairperson, past chair. Um, So I was on that board for about six years and then had the opportunity to join the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund on their board. And uh, actually in my seventh year on that board and have served as the vice president and uh, president of that board and also obviously past president.
0: And, and so, when you started with the Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance, it was an all-volunteer organization, and, and what I mean by that, you did not have any paid staff. So, as board chair, I assume you bore the brunt of a lot of the work. Can you talk well, a little well, bit about your role as a board chair? Well, well,
1: in, you know, the Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance. Or the I'm Lakewood sorry,
0: Ranch Lakewood Ranch Community Fund. I'm sorry, okay, Lakewood okay. Ranch Community yeah. Fund.
1: Okay, yeah, so 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 yeah, the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund. Yeah, you know, going back a ways. Um, had a very strategic relationship with the Manatee Community Foundation. Um, and the Manatee Community Foundation, you know, through that relationship provided a lot of staff support and staff hours, which was very, very helpful. Um, COVID, you know, I, I became chair of that organization, a president of that organization during COVID. Um, so my, my president tenure ran from June of 2020 through May of 2022. So it was a two-year tenure. Um, during that period of time, you know, the, the, the world obviously changed. You know, community foundation had, was going through their changes as we were looking at you know Lakewood Ranch overall. You know, Lakewood Ranch has grown by leaps and bounds. Anybody in the area can can tell. And you tell you, and, and construction between Waterside, you know, we've got five thousand plus homes coming into Waterside. They've just you know begun construction out east off of Fruitville. You got another five thousand homes there. You've got thousands more homes on the eastern part of Mante County. Yeah. So so the the role of the community fund within Lakewood Ranch and just, you know, the, the, the size of, you know, due to the size of Lakewood Ranch, things have changed. Um, so we made the decision to become our own 501 C3 and in doing so really changed the relationship we had with MCF. And, you know, so, so getting back to your, your actual question, you know, the, the role and what it's like working with an all volunteer board, uh, I, I would say it's like trying to herd cats while you're one of the cats. Um, and, and because, we had a, we have a wonderful board uh, we had a wonderful board we have a wonderful board uh we have we had a lot of things we were trying to accomplish but every single person in the organization was a volunteer every single person involved with the organization had a full-time job or a couple were retired and and so they had a little extra time but Retired does not mean I have ultimate, uh, you know, endless hours to contribute, you know, to a, to a nonprofit organization. Retired means I've got other things I'm doing and, and other passions I'm pursuing. Um, so, you know, it, it was trying to align people in, with a common goal, first of all, which, which was uh, you know, a, a process in and of itself but trying to align people around a common goal, but then also helping to get people to focus on areas that they were passionate about in helping us reach those goals and, and giving them bite-sized pieces because you know, the, the key is you don't want any single person to have to bite off more than they can actually accomplish because that ends up being a disincentive to that person over time and you burn people out. And and the the biggest problem with volunteers is burning them out. And so we, we really worked hard to try to let people contribute as much time and effort as they could, as they were willing to, giving them the support they could uh, without trying trying to not ask too much of them, which at times is it's,
0: it's, it's difficult. Well, I'm sure that's quite the challenge. And, and so at some point in this process recently, you all decided to hire an executive director. And so you full you know a, a paid staff person. Would you share with the group a little bit what went into that decision? Why did you make that decision? And then the process to to develop the job description, identify the needs, and then ultimately uh, hire Adrian.
1: Yeah, well, we were very very fortunate. One of our board members who is was a retired human resources executive from a Fortune 50 company. So we were, we, we were fortunate to have that kind of expertise on our board. But, you know, even predating her involvement, you know, at, once we became a 501c3 and lost this, you know, lost some degree of the support from Manti Community Foundation that we'd had in the past. Um, and, and some of they had some turnover as a, you know, over that period of time. So people who had a history with the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund were no longer involved with, with MCF. Uh, which was an important thing. We, as we were looking around at how we were going to move forward, it became abundantly clear that this was not a mission that could be accomplished solely by an all volunteer board. We needed somebody or a group of people, um, you know, at some point it will be a group of people, but, you know, at least initially somebody who could focus on the mission day in, day out and, Part of their job being to herd all those cats that I referenced a little bit earlier, uh, and yeah, you know, so my process as you know board president, I sat down with each one of our board members, and you know we, we had yeah individually we had you know one to two hour meetings over coffee, over a meal, over wh- whatever just to talk about their vision of the organization, how they saw things going forward, and their thoughts about if we were to hire an executive director, what would that position look like? What would they like to see in that position? Um, you know, so throughout this process, we, we were able to get everybody aligned in terms of you know, the type of person we wanted to hire, the timing, how we would pay for that person, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you were instrumental, you know, Michael, and, and appreciate it. And, and you, you've helped us a, a couple of times now with our strategic planning meeting. And, and you may recall the strategic planning meeting we had back, I, I guess it was uh, 20, was it 2021?
0: 21, it was. Uh, yeah, tw-
1: 2021, when we this was a key component of our discussion during that meeting. And that was actually the meeting where we formalized what we wanted to look at and, I, and and i remember your comments exactly it's like boy you know this is going to be a, a tough position to hire for because you want the sun the moon the sky and the stars yes. um and, and and you only want it part-time so so you know we we evolved you know a bit of what we were looking for and, and had to hone our our job description but the, the process was really an iterative process it, it involved getting input from each of the directors getting us together you know, during that strategic planning process, and, and then relying on the expertise of our board members who actually had expertise in that area to, to you know refine it even further and, and help to drive that process forward.
0: Well, was there much resistance in the financial implications that you're going to now have to pay this person? Were there concerns? And then how did you resolve those?
1: Well, there obviously there's always concerns. Um, we have been very fortunate that you know the, the Lakeland Lake Ranch Community Fund um, is a 20 plus year organization. It was founded in 2000, um, and over that period of time, you know the organization has been very good at fundraising. Um, you know the, the the dynamic has changed quite a bit, and and you know that that that's a, a function of how Lakewood Ranch SMR has has changed. Lakewood Ranch has changed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but but we were fortunate to have a, a large you know pool of funds to draw from. Um, that being said, we do we don't want as good stewards as fiduciaries of those funds. We don't want to rely on those funds to basically fund a an executive director going forward, what we needed to have happen, and, and part of the goal of that executive director is that that person will help us raise X times more funds than the, the associated salary benefits, et cetera, et cetera. It takes time. Um, so, so we had a lot of discussions internally about what it would look like, how long we would give. Um, and and I'm, I'm really, really happy to say, you know, I mean, and, and you know a bit about the community fund, but. The primary fundraising mechanism for the community fund going back years and years was an annual gala. Yeah. Um, we got to the point, and you know, not, we won't get too deep into it, but we got to the point where the gala really wasn't making money. Uh, the last gala we had made a little bit of money, but the only reason it did so was because at the end, the, the president of the time you know, did a, a paddle raise, which wasn't planned. It was, it was an ad-lib uh, thing. He did the paddle raise and the money we raised from the paddle raise was the only money we made net net for the event. Um, so you look at all the time and effort, etc, that goes into making an an event and it really was not a a, a it was a great party. It wasn't a great money maker. um so so we stopped the event for a while um, and you know things worked out because covid you couldn't have events anyway. so so things worked out. Um, we, Began, you know, about a year ago to plan new events. We, we did a new wine tasting, you know, not quite a gala, but but a new wine event. Um, we did a, a fun run, a 5K, which, uh, which was a brand new uh, PR event. I will tell you that when we started planning these events, the amount that we had hoped to raise was, uh, I mean, we, we, we had goals. Our new executive director helped us not only meet those goals, but surpass those goals by a significant amount. So, you know, I, I, I'm very, very happy to say at this point that our goal of having the executive director earn her keep is being realized. You know, we still have a ways to go, but but we've done far, far better on the fundraising side because of the, you know, the role the executive director is, has taken and, and, and the work she's done than we would have done on our own, without a doubt.
0: I really appreciate the intentionality when you hired the position, and you knew she was going. And we know it was a she; it was Adrian. Um, that she's going to have to raise money. You probably made that very clear in the interview process. So she wasn't going to be an administrator. I mean, certainly that's part of the role, but you know, fund development is going to be critically important. So, so you hire her, David. Then how how do you work to get her uh, indoctrinated into the organization? Your first executive director. How much time were you spending with her? Uh, as board chair, how much time were other officers? Can you just talk a little bit about that process?
1: Yeah, and we were at a, a fairly unique time. Well, and not unique. I guess every organization goes through this, but you know. So when we hired Adrian, um, and and she's been fantastic. So Adrian, if you're listening to this, uh, you know you you've got a cheerleader behind you right now. But but Adrian's been fantastic. But when we hired her, it was early 2022. Uh, my tenure as president was up May 31st of 2022. Uh, that my successor Nicole Rice Camp uh, was starting, obviously June 1st. I was very intentional through the process of letting Nicole take a lead role in both the hiring process and also the onboarding of Adrian, because I, I the the challenge for an executive director, for any executive director of a nonprofit in particular, is that when you have a board chair change every year or every two years, and, and we we switched from a two-year tenure to a one-year tenure, but regardless of what the tenure is, it, 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 you've got a new boss every year or a new boss every two years. Personalities are different. Styles are different. You know, expectations are different. E- even, even if the organization has the same, overall expectations, you know, I might want to see you do X, Y, Z, whereas my successor might, you know, really emphasize A, B, C. And so I didn't want to, you know, I guess muddle the situation by imposing, you know, kind of my view of things in her earlier days um, and then simply having the rug pulled out from her, and, and having Nicole step in and, and have a, a new set of expectations entirely. So, so I really you know, took a back seat and let Nicole take the lead with, you know, bringing her on, you know, getting her integrated into the organization, and, and it's worked very, very well. Adrian and Nicole have a wonderful relationship, and, and frankly, I think if you know, in in a moment of true honesty, which you know, I'm very forthright. I think if, if I had been responsible for her onboarding and then switched over to Nicole, Adrian would not have been as successful as she's been because it would have been too dysfunctional.
0: Hmm. And, and so now you've moved into the role of past president. And, and, and relative, well, y'all are a brand new 501c3. I know the organization has been around for quite some time, a new 501c3, so past president may be in a new role. What do you see as your role as the immediate past president?
1: Well, I, I've i got the most institutional knowledge of the organization at this point. And, and you know, I mean, that's just a, just a matter of, you know, fact for the fact that I've, I've been there the longest. Um, and in fact, as, as a result of, you know, the timing and, and whatnot, our board terms are, you know, three years, you know, then a second three years, and then you have to take a year off unless you're an officer. Well, I'm in my seventh year because I was an officer, so actually my tenure is a year longer than it should be. Um, but yeah, I, I really view my role as support for Nicole, support for the executive committee, but from a broader, more strategic perspective, making sure that people understand the history of the organization, the mission of the organization. You know, trying to the extent that I can to avoid mission creep and and what happens a lot is that you when you get new board members everybody comes on everybody's really excited everybody has you know their ideas how they want to you know make things happen and and what will work what won't work what they don't understand is that you know in some cases the wheel was already invented and and we tried that square wheel and the ride was really really bumpy and we don't need to do that square wheel again because this is why it didn't work, and and why it might work for another organization, but this one. So, so it's providing that perspective and, and you know background for new board members as well, who who are all incredibly bright, motivated, accomplished individuals. But when when you don't have experience with an organization, the challenges of that specific organization, um, and try to. I guess impose practices that work in, a, in another organization. It doesn't always work. so 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 really, I mean I think you know summing it all up, my role is corporate historian, if you will, and and perspective and and, and avoidance of mission creep.
0: Well, I think that's well stated. And, and, and let me take a a little bit of a back step. So you transitioned to Nicole and David, you're very methodical. Your line of work, you have to be, uh, you're thoughtful. You understand the nonprofit challenges. When you approach that transition with her, did you have a formal structure? I mean, did y'all meet? How did, How did you make sure Nicole was prepared for success?
1: Well, yeah, Nicole and I had you know worked together you know closely for I mean, I mean it it had been a year, um so you know so we 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 were meeting and you know Nicole was an integral part of you know I mean well, let me backstep yeah you know, when we started the you know, the process to become a five hundred one c three you know I, I was driving that process. But Nicole and actually our past chair at the time, Garrett Shin, were both integral parts of you know, completing that process. So Nicole had been involved with you know, 501c3 discussions from day one. It had, had really been been you know, a huge help in helping us get over that hump. Um, and as we were making the transition, you know, Nicole and I would meet regularly, would discuss regularly. And you know, really you know, I, what I tried to do – because our board meetings are are very very it, it you know some some organizations where the executive committee pretty much does everything in the in the background and then the board is just there to rubber stamp decisions which you know nobody likes to hear that but but you know that's the case you have other organizations where the boards you know really are um, I, I guess honorary in nature uh, you know you, you don't have a, yeah People have their names as board members, but they don't do much. You know, they, they, they might write a check, which is very, very important, so I don't want to de- minimize the importance there, but they, they don't get very involved in the day-to-day and, and the decision-making in the organization. Our organization was much different. Um, our board, very, very active, and the business of the community fund was conducted each month as a full board. The executive committee was not an isolated organization that that basically made a decision. So, so through the process, you know, through our board meetings, through ad hoc conversations before she became you know president, you know Nicole and I were able to to work through the process pretty well. And 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 yeah, it, I, I make I've made this um, commitment to every you know. Every board president I've recruited at every organization and, and, you know, that commitment is if you need me ask, I am here, I will pick up the phone and I, I will, I will do what I can to make you successful. Um, so sometimes what that means is that I get a call that, you know, somebody's really, really desperate and they, they need me to step in and do something. Other times, you know, th- th- that is, okay, get out of my way. I'm going to do it my way, and I don't want you to mess it up for me, which, which is fine as well because we all have our own approach. But but I think it's important for people to know that they've got a safety net if they need it. They've got support if they need it. Um, but if they don't need it, I'm not going to get in their way.
0: You, you've talked quite a bit about the role of the board chair, just inherently in, in, in this conversation. And I, I'm curious, as you've looked around and in, in your experience, what qualities make a good board president, board chair? But for if, if somebody thinking about being a board president, what if, what qualities would you hope they would consider that they need to have?
1: Well, I I think you need to be open minded. At at the same time, you also need to have a sense of strategy and vision. Um. So so yeah, I mean, I I've been very fortunate. I, I was you know. President, Chairman of the Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance. I, I was, you know, President here on the Lakewood Ranch Community Fund. Um, I've been on multiple executive committees. Um, so I, I, I think that as you become a board chair, board president, whatever you know term the board happens to use, I, I, I think it's important that you have a vision of, of how you want, where you want to take the organization. But, but I also think it's equally important that you have enough humility to understand that your vision is just one opinion and you need to understand how other board members see the organization moving forward. And importantly, if you've got an executive director, how does the executive director see this organization moving forward? Because it's a much, much different thing once you have a tenured executive director because that executive director is there day in, day out they are the CEO of the organization. They're moving this thing forward. So your role then as a board chair is to make sure that, you know, one, the CEO is, is or the executive director is, you know, is honoring the mission of the organization and is not, you know, running you askew and you've got to be responsible for the financials, you know, so it's financials, mission, et cetera, et cetera. But your bigger responsibility at that point is making sure you're there in a support role for that executive director to help the executive director be be successful, and you know, it, it, and and so it's really really different. And, and I've been on both sides, so it's really different. Run, you know, basically, being a president without an executive director, where in fact you are the de facto executive director, and you know, and you've got to drive it versus supporting an executive director and helping to corral the board members to to align behind the vision that that they create with the help of the executive director and and so, so it's a really fine line but but I think to be a, a to be a really successful president or chair of a board it's having a vision being open minded being approachable and and being able to listen because that you have a lot of constituencies you've got, you know, if you have an executive director, you've got that person, you've got your other board members. If you're a membership organization, you've got, you know, the members of that organization. If you're a support organization, you've got the organizations you're supporting, you know, so, so you really have to be able to listen and understand, you know, the, the opportunities that that people have that you can help them achieve the challenges that each of these constituencies have that you can help them overcome, and you know, and, and understand how you can make people be more successful. And and at the end of the day, I think you know perhaps the most important aspect of being the board chair is moving the mission forward and finding your successor <laughs> and, and recruiting other you know other good board members. It's, uh, because without that,
0: then then you've got nothing, right? You're absolutely right. Well, well stated. David, if somebody's listening to this and they're with an all-volunteer organization and, you know, they're they're going through that process of, oh, gosh, we've got to hire an executive director. Oh, we can't afford it. Oh, we got to do it. We we don't want to do it. And the board's grappling with that. Do you have any advice for them as they're thinking through the process and, and how they should, ought to look at that hire?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously, first and foremost, you've got to get your funding now because it, it, it's – and that funding may be on the come, but – meaning that you know you'll have to raise the money, but you need to understand where the funding is going to come from because, look, if, if I'm applying for the job, one of my first questions is, you know, can I see your financials? And if the financials look a little bit iffy to me, my second question is, okay, well, how, how – secure is my salary, how will I get paid? So, so I think first and foremost, it's understanding, you know, how will you support, you know, the salary of that position? Um, You know, then it's really identifying. Yeah. I, well, I guess I'll take a step back. I I think, you know, then then it's making sure that you have alignment with the rest of the board, because if you've got Pick a number of board members. you've got six or twelve, whatever. You know, if half the board is gung-ho about hiring somebody and half the board is, you know, digging in their heels and saying, no, 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 this is a mistake, you've got a problem. Uh, yeah. And, and even if you have a majority, let's just say it's majority rules, you got 10 people, 10 person board, you have six that say yes, let's go, four that don't, you still have a problem. and and because until you have you know full support of your board members and and buy-in you're gonna you hire somebody and that board changes in three months six months and and now all of a sudden you have a majority of people who were against it now on the board then it's a dysfunctional relationship between the board and the executive director that you've just hired Um, and and it, it causes a lot of problems so so i think you know First and foremost, you got to get, you know, got to get the buy in from the entire board. Second, you need to understand how the funding is going to work. And, you know, in some cases, there may be a, you know, a lot of organizations have a, a big donor. Who they can turn to, who would be willing to support, you know, a hire for a period of time, are there foundations that that you know are willing to help support the the building of infrastructure? I mean, there, there are a variety of different ways you can you can seek the funding if you don't have it organically, but it, it's an important point because again, you know, who's going to take a job if they if they're concerned they won't get paid. And then you know, and and you've alluded to this before. It's it's okay. Well, what is the the role of this person? What you know, create a job description, and that job description, yeah. And and you know, in dealing from us, with dealing with us, Michael, you know, we wanted, and I said this before, send them in the sky to start. We wanted somebody who could fundraise. We wanted somebody who could manage the board. We wanted somebody who could go out and do this and do that, and. it's just not realistic to find somebody who is going to check every single box. So creating a job description is incredibly important. What's equally important is after you've created this job description that, you know, it, it, it's like my Christmas wish list or my Hanukkah wish list or my Kwanzaa wish list, you know, for, for anybody who might be listening. But, but you know, it's like, I want every single present. I want this, this, this. Okay, what do I really want? You know, what, what are the two, three things that are the most important, the two, three boxes we have to check, because that's ultimately what this person is going to focus on immediately. And if you can find somebody who can hit those boxes right off the bat, then they they either may grow into the rest, or you'll be in a position where you can hire somebody who can augment their skill set and support them with the rest, or you can outsource some of it. Um, but, but yeah, I think all of these are, are important aspects to to consider and go through.
0: And, and proving the importance of the president role, board chair role, in, in order to navigate this, in order to to corral everybody to move in alignment. David Fink, I – really appreciate your insight and wisdom today uh, the work you've done on the lakewood ranch community fund has just been nothing short of impressive and, and what the organization's been able to do over the past couple of years and it's directly related to your leadership i know others are involved but you know somebody's got to push forward during those difficult times and you certainly did that so we appreciate you coming on the i501cu podcast and david thank you so much
1: well, I, I appreciate you having me and and I, I will just say I mean this has been been a joy obviously I love talking to you and Reed but uh, yeah I mean I, and I appreciate your comments but it really i I was fortunate to be in a, in a position where I could put president next to my name but you know there were uh, the, the credit goes to the rest of the board i I was just the, the person that got I get the credit because I was in charge but they did the work so they get the credit and and we have a wonderful board but I appreciate the comments.
0: Always humble. David Fink, ladies and gentlemen, on the I-501C, the podcast for nonprofit board members. Well, we just heard from David Fink, and now it's time recapping with Reed and Reed's observations of this interview. Reed, so tell us your three key observations.
2: So the first key observation is the qualities that make a good board And David said you need to be open-minded. At the same time, you need a sense of strategy, vision. And humility.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. What is number two?
2: He views his role of past president as being support to the current chair and the executive committee, as well as making sure everyone understands the mission and the organization avoids mission creep.
0: Yeah, and you know every past chair uh, role is different. He's carved out his based on you know the the tenure and the trajectory of the organization. And what about number three?
2: When an all volunteer board is thinking about hiring an executive director, they should first understand where the funding is gonna be coming from and secure that funding. Second, make sure they have alignment with the whole board to hire an executive director. And then third, define the role for the executive director, what it is that they are gonna be doing.
0: Absolutely. And those three don't need to be in sequential order. All three of those things need to happen really simultaneously. So there you have, ladies and gentlemen, recapping with Reid. Always a treat to hear what Reid observes in our in our podcast interviews. And I want to thank everybody for listening and we will see you or I will 501 see you next week for next week's episode. Thank you.